This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Michael Saad, Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at the University of Tennessee Medical Center. Michael, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate you having me back. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening and technology is moving rapidly in the healthcare space. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So I am the Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer at the University of Tennessee Medical Center. It is located in Knoxville, Tennessee. I have just passed my seven-year mark there now. Uh, prior to that, I was with a consulting firm that did healthcare consulting at a number of healthcare organizations across the country. And then prior to that, really cut my teeth in healthcare at Henry Ford Health System based out of Detroit, Michigan. Excellent. Well, we're excited to have you here today. Now, what are some of the big opportunities that you're seeing right now at the University of Tennessee Medical Center and the headwinds that you have your eye on too? Yeah, I think from the headwinds perspective, you know, we're seeing the same thing a number of health systems are seeing, and that is just financial pressures that are continuing to increase almost quarter by quarter right now. Many of those are driven by things that you're very familiar with, whether it's you know, supply chain, uh, inflationary costs, or you know, staffing costs. All of those are, are factoring into that. Healthcare, is, as you well know, is an industry very somewhat unlike retail and other industries where we cannot necessarily pass on those additional costs to our consumers, right? So that puts us in an interesting place where we have to either take that out of our bottom line or find ways to become more efficient and offset some of those costs. So you know, every health system across the country I know is dealing with these same challenges. And, and I think it's trying to figure out how do we look at what tools are available to us to, to perform some of that. Now, from a technology perspective, of course, I'm biased, and I do think that technology certainly can help with that and aid in a lot of the optimization that uh, has the opportunity to take place across health systems in the country. And University of Tennessee Medical Center is, is a great example of that as well. We're leveraging technology in certain and then very specific and targeted areas to really help and assist with uh, some cost containment and helping us to understand where we can drive additional efficiencies that have an impact on our bottom line. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point and definitely something, as you said, a lot of healthcare organizations are trying to troubleshoot. So, you know, when you look at what that looks like from a technology standpoint, um, bringing in additional um, tools or, or technologies that can help with um, the, the organization overall, what does that mean for growth and development and, and for you as a, the CIO adding value to the organization overall? Yeah, I think we are somewhat in a unique position from a growth perspective in that a number of my colleagues that I speak with at other health systems during COVID took that opportunity to slow down some of their facility expansions. Uh, we did, we, we'd have a very different take on that. And we actually in many ways accelerated our facility expansion. So we are just getting ready to open our first freestanding emergency department. We have several regional health centers that have opened this year and a number of partnerships, whether they're joint ventures or tri-ventures in areas like uh, imaging, behavioral health, and uh, rehab and patient rehab. So we continue to expand in that space. And, and I think IT delivers value in a number of ways. One, enabling all of those uh, strategic priorities to happen. And it's everything from infrastructure to applications to project management, IT security, kind of all the facets of IT. And then it's also ensuring that those digital initiatives and other things that are not necessarily facility driven still take place. And that work doesn't necessarily slow down because we're doing these type of expansions. 
So I think IT can bring value to the organization in both delivering the here and now, but also setting us up for future success and making sure that we enable the organization to be successful going forward. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. And um, definitely love that focus on making sure you've got the um, priorities in place. When you're looking at the broader team, how do you communicate what's going to be most important for them on any given day or week or, or, or month in terms of their projects? And then how to make sure, as you were saying, the other things that they're responsible for still get done, um, especially in an environment where there's so much happening um, and change happens so quickly. Yeah, that's a great question. I think one tool that we found very helpful is a is a roadmap. I mean, essentially, it's it's communicating very clearly with the teams, with the leadership in IT, and making sure that's cascaded down, and then directly with the team members themselves to help them understand one the mission and vision and value of the organization and how the work that they do is integral to helping our patients. Because sometimes when you're not at the bedside, you can lose sight of that. And I think it's so important that even the support services like IT, for example, feel that they can make a contribution and an impact in the lives of our patients and the caregivers. So I think that's certainly one piece of it. And then that roadmap where it's clearly laid out, we know quarter to quarter or year to year, here's our focus, and we can, we can stay focused on the priorities at hand. And if there are other strategic priorities that pop up, because that does happen from time to time, it then gives us the opportunity to look and prioritize and reprioritize based on our governance structure, what we should be focused on. But I think having that roadmap and letting our staff know, here's what is we're working on, here's why, here's the value that we're going to bring to our community by doing these projects. I think that really helps uh, them stay focused. Absolutely, I love that. And, you know, in along those lines, you have the roadmap and you've got the team really focused and ready to go out there spaces that are going to be most impactful for the organization. Um, but when you look ahead, what is one risk or investment that's still worth making this year, especially thinking through some of the challenges and then in many cases, um, you know, wanting to use the healthcare resources, whether time or dollars well? From an investment perspective, I think investing in the expansion of digital platforms, and, and that can be kind of all things digital platform. And I know that's an all-encompassing term. You know, we hear terms like digital front door, and that can mean different things to different people. But what we're hearing from our patients and from our consumers is that, you know, 60% of consumers expect digital healthcare experience to mirror their retail experience or their experience in other sectors. And we have a lot of work to do from a healthcare industry to get there. So I think technology specifically like, you know, telehealth, I'm still very bullish on telehealth. I think we have a lot of opportunity in that space, uh, behavioral health. Rural health, I think there's a, a tremendous opportunity in underserved areas for telehealth. And if you look at who's making investments in that space right now, you know, the payers are making significant investments in that space, um, pharmacies, you know, the CVSs, the Walgreens, and then some of the large retailers like Amazon. So they continue to make investments in that space. So I know some organizations have dialed back their telehealth strategy. I think we still need to push forward. I'm very bullish on that and think there's, there's a lot of value in doing so. But, you know, digital registration and check-in process, those type of things that, again, we're familiar with from a consumer perspective. I mean, you can have sit on your couch and literally order your food and have it delivered right to your door and take care of the tip and everything. And I think that level of convenience is what consumers are looking for and, frankly, starting to demand from their healthcare providers. And, you know, you asked about the risk and the investment. I think the risk is not doing that. I think organizations that are not 
venturing into that digital health space are going to fall behind and do so pretty quickly. And it will be hard for them to catch up. Absolutely. That's a really great point. And, you know, so uh, important in looking to the future and having that uh, digital health and the telehealth platform, as you mentioned, um, is there anything when you think through, you know, policies or regulations, you know, could change at any point. Um, so, you know, when you're diving into some of these strategies that might be a little bit uncertain um, from the regulatory reimbursement perspective, uh, how do you uh, control for that, I guess, if it's possible in, in uh, wh where do those discussions go when they're having, you're having them at a high level? Yeah, and that we're very cautious in that space. If you take things like hospital at home, right? I think that's one area where we're very cautious and trying to understand from a legislative perspective, what that looks like, and that can change from election cycle to election cycle. But I think some of those type of things, we're, we're more cautious and kind of dipping our toe in the water to make sure that we're not expanding a lot of effort in that area, only to later find out that it, it, it financially is not feasible or, or doesn't benefit our patients. Some areas like telehealth, I think we're far enough down the road now. I think that really is cemented into kind of the, the payer process. And again, if you look at some of the large payers, they're acquiring and, and they're doing millions of telehealth visits themselves a year. So I think from an incentive perspective, they are certainly incentivized to keep that program moving forward. And the federal government from a payer perspective is doing the same thing. You know, the digital registration, all of that, I don't know that that's necessarily impacted by legislation, but you do make a good point. I think in some of those areas like hospital at home is a great example of that we do need to understand from a legislative perspective, what that looks like before I think we kind of go all in on that process. Absolutely. A great point. Thank you for, for sharing a little bit on that. Now, um, before we wrap up our conversation, I wanted to look into the future as well. Um, what do you see some of the best opportunities for growth and development, whether it's for yourself as CIO or the teams that you lead most closely? I think expanding their skill sets from a team perspective is very important, uh, especially, you know, IT is unique in healthcare in some ways. Um, and in other ways, it's not unique. What I mean by that is, if you're a nurse, you work in healthcare as a nurse. Now you can work at a skilled nursing facility, you could work at an outpatient clinic, you could work in a hospital setting, but you do work within healthcare. Typically speaking, in IT, unless you're an Epic or Cerner or something kind of focused on those type of specific healthcare systems, you can work in any industry. So if you're on the infrastructure team or the systems team, you can go work in any industry. And so uh, and the same thing even on the application side or, you know, the ERP system support. So I, I think it's important to continue to invest in our staff and help them uh, grow and educate and learn more about uh, the tools and technologies that are out there. Because just as we're pushing healthcare forward to embrace digital, that also means that we need to shift some of our skill sets in IT to be able to enable that. And you know, as we move more towards the cloud, for example, that means that we have less on-premise servers, systems, storage that we need to support. But how do we refashion those positions and take that skill set and make it so that they now can support the cloud systems or pivot to more of a cybersecurity posture? So I think those type of things, I think we're going to have to continue to constantly look at the workforce and understand where is technology going and making sure that we've got the expertise in the house that can help deliver on those uh, goals and strategic priorities. That's a really great point. Michael, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun and interesting discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you for having me, Laura. I appreciate it.